When you're hiring, it feels amazing to finally close out a job search. But what if you could get rid of the search and just match? You can with Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites according to a recent Indeed survey. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. Welcome to the Sooner Sports Podcast, presented by Riverwind and Allstate. Now, here's your host, Chris Plank. All right, welcome into the Sooner Sports Podcast. My name is Chris Plank. Uh, Got a big show. This is the Huddle Reloaded. You'll hear from Toby and Ted as they go through all things Sooner football and take you a trip around the Big 12 college football as well. So that's coming up here in mere moments. Uh, but before we do that, I wanted to share an interview I had with Brian Osamoa. I get a chance to talk to a couple of the guys every single week before the Tuesday press conference. And uh, Brian was great. And I think he's got an incredible future ahead of him. And I want you to hear that coming up here in uh, seconds. But first, before we do that, the U.S. Army is presenting today's podcast. If you're looking to make an impact, there's no better place to do that than the U.S. Army. Whether your goal is to fight and cure deadly diseases, develop technologies, or seek adventure across the globe, the Army is where all of that can happen and so much more. All right, let's talk some inside backers. You'll get a full breakdown with Brian Odom, the Sooner inside linebackers coach, on tomorrow's Coach's Corner, which will air not only live on the Sooner Radio Network coming up tomorrow night at 7 o'clock, but you'll have the podcast version of it available on Friday. So if you're subscribed, you'll hear from Brian Odom coming up on Friday. But right now, let's hear from Sooner standout inside backer Brian Osamoa. All right, guys, we're here with Brian Osamoa, standout inside linebacker. First and foremost, I was talking to TJ Pleasure about this, Brian. What was the uh, bye week like for getting your body right and obviously you know, staying safe in the, in the middle of a pandemic right now? What was the bye week like for you? It was definitely a week to uh, get healthy. Um, I know a lot of guys were banged up after playing eight quarters in that Texas game. So um, we just used it you know, to get our bodies right. Definitely utilize the cold tub and just rest and to be honest. Hey, can, can you take us through what the elements were like? Now, again, I'm pretty lucky. I get mm-hmm. to be down on the sidelines with you reporting for the radio side. 
But, man, I was exhausted. And I didn't do anything <laughs> after the game. What was the recovery like for you immediately after the game in that heat? Oh, as soon as we got back to Norman, I, I utilized the cold tub for <laughs> sure because it was definitely hot, like you said. Um, but um, as soon as we got back home, we realized that it was a bye week. So, you know, just getting our body right was definitely the, the, the top priority. Haven't had a chance to really go in-depth on Brian Odom. Unique year for B.O. He's up in the booth. Mm-hmm. What has he meant to your development? Uh, he's helped me a lot, to be honest. Um He's established a standard for us inside backers, and that standard is elite. So if you're not practicing elite, he's going to tell you. And that's something that he, he does a good job of, um, just holding us to that standard because we, we know you know, what the elite guy can do in that room, you know, just with Kenneth Murray. So I, I, I appreciate Coach Odom a lot, man. He's, he's helped me to the standard, and, and it's helped me grow as well. You mentioned K-9. How fun has it been to – and I don't know how much you get to watch him on Sundays, but he's had a really nice start to his mm-hmm. career with the Chargers. How fun has that been to watch him go out and perform? It's really amazing, you know, just seeing the guy that I was practicing with last year and playing with, you know, in the games is surreal, seeing him just make plays against, you know, guys in the league. I mean, he talks to us every time, um, especially after our games, and I, I reach out to him on Sundays, you know, let him know I'm watching and, you know, what he did, and, you know, hey, you messed up if he didn't tackle this guy wrong. So, uh, <laughs> hey, no, we're, we're both critiquing each other and, and trying to get each other better. What, what have you identified, Brian, as a leader on this defense as really being the key to get that full four quarters because I, Alex Grinch joked about it last week, said, hey, people are going to mess around and say we're really good when we put this whole game together, but mm-hmm. there are some incredible flashes from this defense. What's the key to being able to do it for four quarters to you? I would say the key is just keeping everybody focused. You know, we, we we talk about, you know, being focused every play for 10 seconds, you know, because that's how long, you know, duration of a play is. So um, uh, the, the key is definitely focus, and that's what you know, we're trying to instill in everybody in our, in our defense, that focus for 10 seconds and, you know, Nothing else matters. Just that 10 seconds is being straight forward. I've loved your energy, man. I, I loved how fired up you were for Parnell Winfrey uh, last or Perion Winfrey, excuse mm-hmm. me, last week, and, and to see all the plays. What's that been like with not that full crowd? It's a little different. Have you had to create some of your own energy on the sidelines? Definitely. I'm a, a high energetic guy. So if guys can feed off my energy, I'm going to try to bring it every time. Um, you know, with Perion, Perion's a, a guy that can bring energy too, and he's a funny guy as well. So I, I, I like him on the sidelines with me. Hey, hey, two more quick ones, and I'll get you out of here. Mm-hmm. Number one, TCU. Max Duggan coming in. They had a nice win over Texas. Uh, what have you noticed from the Horn Frogs as you prepare to score off against them in Fort Worth on Saturday? That's a very good team. Um, you know, despite the record, that's a, that's a very good team. Great quarterback, great running backs, uh, great skill players in O-linemen. And, and, and maybe the record might not show, you know, you know what's been going on with the season, but that's definitely a, a good team, and, and they've been performing real well. Yeah, and uh, they always they always have really good defense. Should be fun to see a matchup against their offense. And I'll let you go on this. I always like to have you brag on your guys, and we talk a lot about the other linebackers in that room. But you mentioned Perrion Winfrey. How yeah. about that defensive line and what Isaiah Thomas and that crew was able to do last week? They really made a difference. The front four are playing phenomenal, man, and that's what you know the standard is. You know, it's you don't come to Oklahoma just to be average and. I commend a bunch of guys on our D-line just playing to the standard and, and wanting to be great. And that's that's the big thing, wanting to be great. Well, good to see you refreshed and ready. Have fun this Saturday against TCU, Brian. Thank you so much. Have a good one. I just I can't say it enough. I've been so impressed with this young man and not just what he's doing on the field, but how he's handled things off the field. He is an absolute joy to talk to. He is really embraced being one of the spokespeople for this team, if you will, whenever – you know, when things don't go well, the, the captains talk, right? After a loss, you'll hear from Creed and Pat Fields. But not every win is something where you come away and you're like, ah, that was 100% great. And Brian Asamoah has embraced everything this season about being a leader. And I've really enjoyed getting to talk to him 
and getting to know him. And I thought, and I hope you enjoyed that as well. You'll hear from his inside backers coach, Brian Odom, uh, tomorrow on the Coach's Corner on the Sooner Radio Network. To find an affiliate, go to Soonersports.com slash radio. Uh, and then, of course, on Friday, it's available right here on the podcast platform. Please subscribe at Soonersports.com slash podcast if you haven't already. All right, what do you say we get after it? Toby Rowland, the voice of the Sooners. Teddy Lehman with the huddle. The bye week is great, but I'm antsy. I'm ready to play some some football. I'm ready to get back to playing some football. It's fun while it lasts, but let's get back out there and do our thing. I'm exact. I'm agreement with you. Uh, Opening segment brought to you by Noble McIntyre. McIntyre Law, the law firm you should turn to for all of your personal injury needs. Uh, I kind of am of the opinion that the bye week, not necessarily at a good time for OU. I agree. I think after that four overtime win and the momentum out of it and we saw a lot of positive things. It would have been nice to get back out there last week. I, that's my opinion, and I, I don't know that there's necessarily any rhyme or reason to it. I think you could uh, you know, claim one way or the other what's better for a football team. Is it better to get some rest and regroup a little bit, or is it you know, better to get right back out there whenever you've got some momentum and you're playing well? So I don't necessarily know. But I'd, I'd like to think that this team, you know, needs to continue to get out and play well and improve. They've got a long way to go mm-hmm. to get to where they want to be as far as winning the conference and having a chance at, at doing something special towards the end of the season. And I just think more on the time field is better for them. But I'm sure that they were uh, nice to have a, a couple of extra days as well to, to kind of regroup. I want to ask you later in the show, what are those things that still have to be better? Mm-hmm. What's got to improve? But let's start by taking a look back to a year ago. OU and TCU coming up this Saturday down in Fort Worth, and they got together for a humdinger, as Jeez. they tend to do. I forgot how great this game was until I was looking back today, and that was uh, that was wild. Great slash nerve-wracking. Yes. Our game review brought to you by Pike Pass, the fastest, safest, most efficient way to travel Oklahoma, Kansas, and Texas. Hey, Sooners, don't get past. Get Pike Pass. It looked like it was going to be a breeze early as Jalen Hurts and the boys raced out to a 7-0 lead. Uh, Jalen Redmond, remember him? He got in, got him a sack early on. Defense playing well. Sooners got the offense cranking again. Kennedy Brooks a good run. Yeah, it looked really good. And then, lo and behold, turnovers end up being a huge factor in the football game. Offensively, what a great catch that was and reach for the end zone. Amazing play right there by Braden Willis. But, uh, you know, we were clicking along pretty good. Defense was playing good. And then the turnovers bite, and all of a sudden you are in a dogfight the last uh, quarter, quarter and a half of that football game. Touchdown pass to C.D. Lamb. Early second quarter, it's 21-0. The route is on, but Horn Frogs didn't go away. Shea on Alana Lua. Nope, Alana Lua. I will never forget last year, <laughs> you asked me, in the fourth quarter, or maybe even the postgame show, hey, I think you've been saying his name wrong all night. And I said, why did you wait until the postgame show to tell me that? My fault. No, I... that's okay. Max Duggan had a good night on the ground. And... He did, and that's what worries you. You saw that, Alana Lewitt, there, a little bit of quarterback power. Now, that was the Wildcat, but it's the same stuff that we saw with Ellinger where he had a lot of success. So that's one thing to worry about whenever you look forward to this year is Max Duggan in that, that quarterback run game. 21-17 OU, third quarter. They got a game now. Jalen Hurts carrying guys. A little help from Creed Humphrey and friends into the end zone. All right, 28-17. A little more comfort, but... Uh-oh. Uh, oh! 
picked off at the two-yard line, and this is going to go 98 the other way. That'll get someone back in a football game right there. You know, that's a huge swing. Uh, you're about to punch it in for a touchdown, and then you give up a touchdown going the other way whenever you least expect it. You get the ball back, have an opportunity to put this thing away, and stripped. On his way down, stripped. And the Sooners give the ball back again, and TCU's got it with a chance to win it. And I think, we, did we convert a fourth down in there somewhere, too? That was, <laughs> they went back yeah. and looked at it, and we weren't sure what, what way it was going to go. There it is, Buki. Buki, a fantastic it. pick to finish off the game, and the Sooners survive, and that's the right word. 28-24 against Gary Patterson's Horned Frogs. And that's just the latest, Teddy. The last 8-10 years when these two teams play, Fort Worth or Norman, I mean, it, hang on to your seatbelt, right? Yeah, it's we had been, the two-point conversion they tried yep. uh, a couple years ago after, what, Baker Mayfield went down in that football game. Yeah, it's been wild. What, we had a 21-point deficit in 2016, 2016 I believe. Yeah, rallied. And, and rallied back and ended up amazingly winning that game going away. But that was after we had lost two, two games earlier in that season. Right. And it felt like, oh, boy, this is, this is not going to be a good year. And then they turned it on in that game. And really, that was a point that they never looked back. Yep, that's exactly right. They're going to meet again at 11 a.m. Saturday morning. TCU coming in one and two. We'll talk more about them in a second. But early on, who's your player to watch Saturday for OU? Well, I, I think, honestly, the defensive line has been a real strong point for us here the last couple of games. And uh, the production there has has really shot up. There's guys that maybe we didn't think coming into the season were going to uh, be big producers for us, but they have. Isaiah Thomas is most notably that guy, in my opinion. And he made a ton of plays that aren't necessarily going to show up in the stat sheet. Uh, you know, uh, here he is with the rest of the defense. He dives on top of the football, uh, creating a turnover over there and that's effort flying to the ball finishing there so these guys have been good and a lot of the plays a lot of the disruption that he's created other guys have i mean benito's had a couple of cleanup sacks that were really caused by isaiah thomas and the pressure that he put on the quarterback so i think he's starting to feel it a little bit he's got some confidence about himself and uh, I, I think that production's only going to continue to grow i'm with you a very Impressed by this young man and happy for him, too. Mm -hmm. I think Perry on Winfrey is getting to the point where he's attracting so much attention mm -hmm. that it's helping everybody else, including Isaiah Thomas out oh, I agree there. 100%. Good player to watch. For me, I'm going other side of the ball, and I'm going to go with TJ Pledger. Uh, TJ had a breakout game against Texas. Uh, I think he found his timing. You talked about this during the broadcast. He looked a little more patient. This is it right here, the GT puller. Mm -hmm. He's found his, the timing with that play a little bit and looked really good. And now he's going to go play a TCU team that has struggled, quite frankly, against the yep. run so far this year. So now I don't know if Seth McGowan's going to be back. I don't know about Ramondre Stevenson. But if TJ Pledger's the guy, and I think he will be, I think he could have a nice day. No, I agree 100%. And as you watch some of these highlight, highlights unfold, you know, I feel like he's gotten over, you know, whenever you first get your shot, okay, here I go, I'm back. You feel like you've got to do uh, something astronomical on every play. So as soon as you get it, you're full throttle right out of the gate. Now, I think you kind of run yourself into some trouble. Now, once that kind of goes away after you, you kind of settle into your role after the first couple of games, 
you start taking a little bit what the defense gives you, and that's where that patience comes in. You get out into the open field, and you're not just like straining with every bit of your being <laughs> to go out there and, and make a touchdown run. It's just you're cool, you're calm, you're slicing and dicing through the secondary, through the backers, and it ends up being way more productive. It's like my golf swing. If oh, really? I would just ease off a little bit and, you know, I'd find that rhythm a little bit better instead of gripping. How ripping. is it right now? Are you in the settle-in phase? No, or? We'll talk about that later. Yeah, okay. No, okay. <laughs> Another guy that was incredibly productive a week ago for OU is uh, young H-back tight end Austin Stogner. Lincoln Riley was asked about Stogner earlier today. No, yeah, we, we, we identified that. I can remember him coming to – one of our one of our summer camps, and uh, it was a camp where we had some pretty good DBs in the camp, and you saw creative route running and ability, ability to separate, and then, yeah, a, a toughness and a competitiveness to make those types of plays. And no, I think I think he's very reliable. Um, another guy that I, our quarterbacks have a lot of trust in that he's gonna he's gonna be where he's supposed to be. He's gonna run the route the way it's supposed to be run. Um, he's gonna make the tough catch in traffic, um, and you can see we went to him in some. In some pretty crucial times, whether it's the fourth down conversion against Iowa State, or obviously, you know, the other day against uh, Texas, the big one there at the end. So, um, yeah, no, it's been fun to see. Um, he's he's really busted his tail here, worked had to had to work and, and earn everything that he's got. But you know, he's he's really taking this opportunity right now and, and just been totally prepared for it. Boy, this was pretty predictable. I mean, you saw flashes from him a year ago that he had a chance to be and has the body to be a big impact guy. Got a few plays here and there last year. Not much, though, because they had some other playmakers. Calcaterra early on at tight end. But he's put it together this year, and I can't imagine him going backwards from this point. I think he's on a rocket ship. No, I agree 100%. And I think that, you know, offensively, Lincoln's only going to continue to add more and more things to his plate, whether it's um, uh, some tight end screen type of stuff, easy throws and letting him try and run over, bull over some uh, smaller linebackers and safety guys or maybe isolate him a little bit in the red zone. You know, you can get him on the backside of formations and kind of dictate coverage and dictate matchups with with him so I, I think that his role is only going to continue to grow and what a weapon to have a guy that's you know that big that agile and you can trust in in running right there's a lot of big tight ends that can block well mm -hmm. there's a lot of tight ends that are small and can run routes there's not a lot that can do both and he can absolutely do both and that is a rare rare combination all right we'll take an opening timeout. we'll take a deeper dive into the opponent this week TCU when we come back you're watching the huddle here at Rudy's Country Store and Barbecue and we're brought to you by Bud Light. The huddle is brought to you by Rudy's bringing you the best in barbecue. Kincaid Coach the official motor coach carrier of Sooner Athletics. AT&T 5G the official 5G wireless network of OU Athletics. Homeland, a fresh experience. Proud sponsor of Sooner Football. The Sooner Sports Podcast is your all-access pass to Sooner Sports. Listen as Toby Rowland and Chris Plank talk all things Sooners. Log on to Soonersports.tv slash podcast. Presented by Allstate and Riverwind. Walden Cleaners and Laundry, where the difference is quality. Anheuser-Busch, whenever there's a game to watch, there's a Bud Light there. 
TCU, the opponent this Saturday, they are 1-2 so far. Coming off a loss to Kansas State last time out, 21-14 in Fort Worth. Of course, Max Duggan, we'll talk more about him. Their quarterback, we think, although he left that game with an injury. Uh, And on the defensive side, Garrett Wallow, very nice player for them, a linebacker. We'll talk more about him as well. Gary Patterson in his 21st year. I believe the second longest tenured coach now in college football behind uh, Iowa. Uh, Kirk Ferentz, I believe. Which has to be like almost the same year, right? I think they might. Maybe they are tied. That might be right. So there's a closer look at TCU, the Horned Frogs. Series history been dominated by the Sooners. 15-5. OU's won the last six in a row. They met in the Big 12 championship game not too awfully long ago. Played back in 1944 in Oklahoma City. Interesting. Michael Dean, you think that was at Taft Stadium? Is that where that would have been in 1944, probably? OU 7-1 in games played in Fort Worth, that 2014 game. That's a good one. That's the one that got away from them, though. What's our record in Taft Stadium? We've played a lot of games in Taft Stadium, I think. Right, Michael, through the years? I believe so. I, I don't know. Michael will have that for you by the end of the show. Okay? <laughs> I Probably. And a story to go with. I guarantee it. Hey, how would you like to be able to listen to Teddy and the rest of the Sooner Broadcast team while synced up to your TV in the comfort of your own home? You can. Go to SyncMyGame.com to find out how. Uh, you like going down to Fort Worth as as outposts in the Big 12 go. Where does Fort Worth fit in? It's a lot better than driving to Ames, isn't it? A lot better than Morgantown. I don't mind it at all. I didn't ask you to like downgrade other cities around the Big 12. I'm downgrading to... driving to Ames, okay? <laughs> no, I think it's I think it's cool. Fort Worth's a cool uh, downtown area. It's too. a cool area, cool downtown area. Um, yeah. I, Stadium's I, nice, what they've done down there. Really nice. It really nice. is. The renovation they did there was fantastic. I wish they would have put the booth on the other end of the stadium away from those speakers. That's but true. We'll make it. Yeah, no, that's we'll true. We'll see. You may make it. I don't know if I will. <laughs> uh, let's talk a little more TCU. We'll start on the offensive side of the ball. And Earlier today, our buddy Chris Plank got a chance to talk to Sooner linebacker Brian Asamoah about the Frog offense. TCU, Max Duggan coming in. They had a nice win over Texas. Uh, what have you noticed from the Horn Frogs as you prepare to square off against them in Fort Worth on Saturday? That's a very good team. Um, you know, despite the record, that's a, that's a very good team. Great quarterback, great running backs, uh, great skill players in O-linemen. And, and, and maybe the record might not show, you know, you know what's been going on with the season, but that's definitely a, a good team, and, and they've been performing real well. Ryan Osamoa. Good things to say there about the TCU offense. And we'll talk more about Max Duggan specifically here in a bit. But other than him, what do you think about the Frogs on that side of the ball? Well, I think they've got some opportunity there. I think skill position-wise, they're not great. They've lost. They've had some really good players through there in recent years. Um, I don't think they're as good as they've been. But I think Max Duggan's the guy that kind of makes up for it uh, with what he can do with his legs. He's really starting to get back into his rhythm. Um, you know, the big key for them is whether or not they're going to be able to run the football. In years, whenever they've been good, they've been, uh, you know, at their best, it's whenever they run the football well. You know, we went back and we're watching the replays from last year's game where they had Alana Lua in there, uh, Darius Anderson was in there. They had some really good runners of the football. That's what's really got to come around for them to be as dangerous as they've been in years past. Yeah, it looks like they're trying to figure out who their back is right now. Kendra Miller and Zach Evans, a couple of young guys, have shown promising signs, but they've run, they've used about four or five running backs and haven't really settled on one yet. Tay Barber, 
dangerous guy in the uh, passing game, but they don't seem to have that Jalen Rager of a year ago, that big, big play guy. So this is it. I mean, not that they don't have weapons, but Max Duggan is what makes him go. And right. assuming he is available Saturday, what do you like about him? Well, he's athletic. He's He's got a big arm. I wouldn't say he's a elite passer. He can make some throws. I think guys have to be open for him to to, to get it in there. I think he's more of a one, maybe two read guy and then tuck it and go. Um, he's not just going to sit back there and pick you apart with his arm. He's going to use his athletic ability. Uh, and that's really what scares you the most. Those are the guys that you really worry about. You really prefer a pocket passer, you know. But um, I think he's got a long ways to come as far as being a polished quarterback. But the thing that worries you is he's got a little bit of Ellinger in him. He's got some yep. grit to him. He's got some toughness. He'll tuck it and run. He's not the fastest guy on the field, but he'll try and run over you and go get the first down. He'll dive for the end zone, as you see here. So he's he's just he's a competitor. He really is. Now, one of the things, and I think TCU as a team is struggling with this a little bit, but he missed a lot of time. Mm -hmm. And it looked like that he wasn't ever going to play football again for one stretch you know it looked like that okay he's he's got a a, a diagnosis there with his heart uh, it's going to require surgery and he's probably not going to play again so he's away from the football team for a while then they figured out a way that hey I think we can handle this after all and he's back out there and it's like there takes a little bit of time to get the mindset back that okay I am going to play and I do need to kind of reacclimate myself to this football team and I think as a as an offensive coordinator, you have to all of a sudden because you've changed what you're going to do. Like, he's a different quarterback than the backup. Now you've got to redirection yourself right. back into that that same line of thinking that you had going back in. So there's been a lot of moving parts. And overall, I think that's what's hurt TCU the most is that you know not only did they miss their quarterback for an extended stretch. They also got hit by the virus really bad early on. Yep. And big segments of practice were shut down. The facility shut down completely. They've had game cancels, uh, cancellations. They've had guys that have missed a long time due to contact tracing and, and having the virus. So they've had to piece together the front part of this season and they just haven't had that cohesion maybe that you would expect from a TCU uh, specifically defensively, but as an overall team. But I think that's going to come together. The longer this season yeah. goes, the more that's likely to come together They're for them. They're still trying to figure out who they are mm -hmm. exactly because of the way the herky-jerky start to this year. I like Duggan. He's yeah. tough. He's athletic. He's got a good enough arm to beat you. Uh, his story is a great one. It's hard not to pull for sure. that kid. So uh, he's dangerous. If he, if he doesn't go – Matthew Downing will probably be the guy. He's a transfer from Georgia, so keep an eye out for that. Yeah, that's Me a completely different football game if Downing's in there yeah, over that's right. Max Duggan. Uh, meanwhile, on defense, here's what uh, Chris Plank uh, talked to TJ Pledger about the TCU defense earlier today. What's the balance like for you in taking that success and you know say, hey, that's great, but we got to move on now? Is it tough after a performance like that to flush it and move on? 
Uh, not really, you know, especially with our coaches, you know, steady, steady preaching, you know, next rep on to the next, understanding the, you know, the task we have at hand with TCU, which is a really good football team and understanding that it's a, we got a long season ahead of us. You know, the Texas game is behind us and, you know, we just continue to, you know, push ourselves and, and, and reach new heights because uh, we've yet to put out our best football. So anything caught your eye so far as you've started to preview TCU Gary Patterson always has that defense playing well doesn't he oh yeah you know uh, I think they fly around the ball very well uh, great systematically fo- uh, systematic football team and you know we got we got to come with it as so as so do they TCU so far this year they've struggled against the run they've been pretty good against the pass what have you noticed about the frogs on defense well defensively it's it's been a rough start for them they've given up huge chunks in the running game which is really not typical of a Gary Patterson coach football team they're usually very disciplined defensively they're usually really good on the defensive line and really good in the secondary um, and I just it, they're just not gelling like they typically do wallows done a really good job for them at linebacker but they're giving up more plays than you would typically see on a year but they're going to start playing TCU defense at some point and the longer the season goes the better they're going to get I mean I'll tell you what's really interesting is we've both both teams have played the same three conference games yep Iowa State Kansas State and Texas and for both teams They've all been incredibly close football games that really came down to a play or two difference down the stretch. So I know we're kind of looking at their schedule right now as they're a one and two football team. But honestly, there's not a whole lot of difference between the two squads here. Nope. I mean, there really isn't. We both uh, beat Texas. We both lost to Iowa State and Kansas State in pretty close football games. So I don't think there's any reason for Oklahoma to be going into this game feeling like uh, TCU is going to lay down for them. O'Shawn Mathis, nice play for, player for them up front, but Garrett Wallow is their star on that side of the ball. Outstanding line. I mean, they use him in a lot of different mm-hmm. ways. Steady linebacker. He's kind of a safety sometimes, but this guy's all over the field. No, he's a good tackler. He's a high effort guy. Uh, he's kind of the, the trustworthy player that Patterson has there in the middle of that defense. And yeah, they'll move him all over the field and he's capable of, uh, you know, being a good blitzer good against the run there they've got him in a mismatch against uh eagles there for texas which that's the way to exploit him we were talking about stogner earlier and you know the rare combination of both size and speed and route running ability if we can figure out a way to isolate stogner on wallow the way that texas did with eagles that would be something that we could really have some big gains in well, when you play TCU, you know what that means. You get the country crooner himself, Gary Patterson, 21st year. He's done some special things down in Fort Worth, a long coaching history before he ever got there, but 173 wins and eight games over 500 in, in Big 12 play. As far as opposing head coaches go, maybe my favorite interview. Oh, in yeah? The, in the Big 12. Really? Yeah. Yeah, he always... Uh, when we get on the line and we're talking Friday again this week, he'll want to know where are you going to eat. I got a new place for you. He'll recommend restaurants around wow. Fort Worth. Nice guy, super guy, and How about uh, that? not not uh, impossible that he'll work up a sweat sometimes. So Saturday nice well. that he'll offer to pick up the bill. That that, that has not happened. Okay. yet. no, that has not okay. happened yet. We'll take a timeout. When we come back, let's take a look at some of the other games around the nation in college football this past weekend. You're watching the Huddle here at Rudy's. 
The Huddle is brought to you by Rudy's, bringing you the best in barbecue. Academy Sports and Outdoors, the preferred sporting goods retailer of Sooner Sports. Anheuser-Busch, whenever there's a game to watch, there's a Bud Light there. Sport Clips, it's good to be a guy. Riverwind, still the one. All right, welcome back to the huddle, everybody. Toby and Teddy back with you. We got Lincoln Riley coming up in the next hour. We go behind enemy lines. It's brought to you by Riverwind. Riverwind is still the one. Earlier today, here's Link talking about TCU. Go play a good TCU team. We know, obviously, these guys very well. Um, great, great coaching staff, both offensively and defensively. Uh, certainly one of the best coaching staffs in the country, guys that we have a lot of respect for. Um, a lot of tremendous players on, on both sides of the football. A lot of guys that are uh, returning players. Um, offensively, very, um, I'd say very TCU-like skill set. You know, quarterbacks really improve, does a lot of good things, very difficult to defend, both running, scrambling, and, and I think a much improved thrower. Um, a lot of elite skill guys around them, guys that can really, really run, which has been, uh, I think, their identity offensively for, for a long time. Um, defensively, um, you know, good like they always are. You know, the two safeties are really good players. The inside linebacker is a really good player. They've got, um, you know, several kind of young slash new guys stepping up around them and, and doing a good job of running uh, Coach Patterson's system. So it'll be a good challenge. Always is playing these guys, whether it's in Norman or Fort Worth, always has been uh, a big challenge. And I'm sure this one will be as well. And we'll be looking forward to getting down to Fort Worth. We'll hear more of what Lincoln has to say about the Horned Frogs coming up in the next hour. Meanwhile, around the country, Sooners had a bye week, so a lot of you, like us, got to kick back and watch a bunch of college football this past weekend, including this one in the SEC. Kentucky hasn't beat Tennessee in Knoxville in a long time, but they did it on Saturday. And they did it thanks to a couple of pick sixes early on. Boy, they did. Kentucky's playing some really good football right now, especially on the defensive side of the ball. Um, Tennessee continues to have quarterback problems. You know, this this is a team that's got a really good offensive line. They've really got some good athletes there, and they've started to recruit better and better. I really like what Pruitt's doing there at Tennessee, but it's going to be really difficult for them until they've got a difference maker at quarterback. We'll be there next year in Rocky Top. Kentucky won this one 34-7. The two starting quarterbacks in this game, for Kentucky and Tennessee combined to throw for 189 yards. If you look at Kentucky's stat line the last couple of weeks, it's really weird, and you would think that there's no way they won the football game if you you look at the way that they played. I think they had like 140 or 150 total yards against Mississippi State uh, the previous week. But, hey, they're finding a way to get it done. Playing good D, as you said. Meanwhile, down in Tallahassee, Mac Brown's team got stunned by Florida State. They just fell too far behind too early, Teddy. No, they did. And credit Florida State, a team that really could have just laid down on this season and thrown in the towel, you know, coming in to fight. And I think that North Carolina learned a lesson. Whenever you're a top five football team, you're going to get everyone's best effort, no matter who it is, no matter what their season looks like. You're the one person that can now save their season. And North Carolina's not used to being the hunted. You know, they've always been the team that's going out to trying to upset someone. 
So, you know, they did come roaring back, tried to, tried to you know, turn into a football game late, just ran out of time. That's 31-7 at halftime, and here comes Sam Howell and the boys. Third quarter, got him a touchdown. I was kind of flipping back and forth in primetime to this game, and they got close but fall short, 31-28. The Knowles win it. Back to the SEC. South Carolina and Auburn got together over in Carolina, and in my opinion, this is a matchup of a couple of mutters, a couple of pretty mediocre teams with mediocre quarterbacks, and yep. Carolina came out on top. No, they did, and the second time South Carolina has beaten Auburn since 1933, Toby. It's a long Amazing time. Amazing that it's been that long since South Carolina has beaten Auburn. But Auburn, here's a team that's got elite talent all over the field. They've got good skill position guys. They've got good defensive players, uh, but they've got quarterback. Average quarterback. Yep, they've got quarterback issues, and it's different. It's difficult in that conference to get by with just average quarterback play right now. Even a team like South Carolina can show up and beat you if you're going to turn the football over a bunch of times. So I don't know what the rest of the season holds for Auburn. They're going to have to turn it around. They're going to have to get better quarterback play. But the uh, the fans down there are starting to get a little restless over their football it's, coach. You look, I, I think Alabama's got a really good quarterback. I think Florida's got a really good quarterback. And you look around the rest of the league, like even Stetson at Georgia looked pretty average to me. And there's not a lot of great quarterback play no, going on. Ke in the I mean, SEC. Kellen Mond has started to look a little bit better, but I mean, really, what's the ceiling there? He's yeah. kind of. Always been a guy that's capable of some big plays, but, man, he's going to turn it over whenever you least want him to. All right, uh, another big week for Sooners at the next level, including on Monday night when Kyler Murray remained undefeated at Ar in uh, Jerry World. building, doesn't yeah, he? Oh, my God. He, he was only 9 of 24, but completely dominated that football game. He had a 74 yards and a touchdown on the ground as well. How about Adrian still getting it done? Up I like in Detroit. It. Handing the ball down in there in the tight red zone, he still can do it. He ran over a couple of guys to get that touchdown there for Detroit. Uh, pretty good stuff. And CeeDee Lamb, man, it's going to be tough the rest yeah. of the way uh, trying to catch some passes in that offense, I think. But, I mean, he's he's really stepping up his game and looked really good. Joe Mixon having a nice year early on. Didn't get the win on Saturday but or on Sunday, but had him another touchdown. All right, we'll take a timeout. We're talking more Big 12. We'll look back at the week that was and ahead to the week to come. When we come back, it's the huddle here at Rudy's, and we're brought to you by Bud Light. We want to thank all of our Sooner Radio Network affiliates across the state and region. Fans can check out Soonersports.com for an affiliate in your area. And if you're traveling outside the state of Oklahoma, you can listen to all the action on either Sirius XM Radio or download the TuneIn app and listen free. OU's football games are available on Exodus 96.5 FM in Oklahoma City and 101.5 FM El Patron in Tulsa, as well as on those stations' websites. Each OU Spanish broadcast will feature a 30-minute pregame show and a 15-minute postgame show. Log on to Soonersports.com slash kids for information about joining the Sooner Junior Kids Club presented by OG&E. Brought to you in part by Orthodontics exclusively. Only one game in the Big 12 last Saturday, Kansas and West Virginia. 
no less smiles. He stayed back home recovering from COVID. His Jayhawks, though, started well. Got out to a 10-0 lead. The tipped pass landed in the arms of Andrew Parchment, but it was all downhill from there. Yeah, it was. You know, I thought, honestly, that Kansas played a pretty good football game for for a pretty decent stretch. Um, You know, they made some plays defensively. Um, They got after the quarterback there, West Virginia, but, you know, just broke down down the stretch, and West Virginia opened it up. And, you know, they got bad news that Puka Williams is going to opt out for the rest of the season. It's going to make it that much more difficult on Kansas. But I thought they showed some good fight for a pretty decent portion of this football game. Dakey, 318 yards passing, three touchdowns. Remember when West Virginia could not run the ball at all last year? They have worst to first. They have the more rushing yards than any team in the Big 12 right now. And Letty Brown is second in the league to only Brees Hall in rushing. Big physical running back. He he looks pretty good. He had 195 yards against the Jayhawks. So not much changed here, but here's your updated Big 12 standings. Sooners there in the middle of the pack, needing to make up some distance over the uh, next six games. We've talked about this a lot, and I think it's going to be the recurring theme this year that, you know, pretty much all of these games outside of whoever's playing Kansas that week are going to be extremely tight football games where, you know, you'll have a feeling one way or the other who's going to win it, but I think we're going to have a bunch of, you know, one-score football games down the stretch in the fourth quarter. Well, let's talk about a couple of those. Uh, First off, here's a look at the schedule coming up this week. you got the Sunflower State Showdown at 11 a.m., Kansas, Kansas State. Baylor back in action. We get to see them in Austin at 2.30. And then those bottom two games we're going to spend a little bit more time on right now. Iowa State and OSU in a showdown for first place. And West Virginia at Texas Tech. I don't want you to make a pick here because we're going to make a pick in the final segment. But let's talk Oklahoma State, Iowa State. Two teams in front of Oklahoma in the standings right now meeting in Stillwater on Saturday. Cowboys haven't played in forever. Iowa State seems to have it rolling pretty good right now. What do you think of this matchup? I think it's going to be a fantastic matchup. I really do. And really in a shocking turn of events, I think these two rosters have, at least as of right now, you could argue the majority of the best football players in the league at their respective positions. Running back, uh, wide receiver, defense, now, I think things are going to level out with the rest of the conference as the thing plays out, but there's going to be some really good football players out there on the field at all times on both sides of the ball. Spencer Sanders back, we think, for Oklahoma State. be interesting to see how he meshes back in with that OSU offense, but I imagine it will be explosive. And when you talk about Iowa State, it's a two-headed monster for them on offense, really more than that, but Brock Purdy and Brees Hall make them go. No, there's no doubt about that. Uh, The running game with Brees Hall, as we witnessed firsthand, is is really fantastic. He's a great player. And as you see, they've got wide wide receivers capable of big plays. Charlie Kolar's their go-to. Purdy's going to lock on to Kolar. Doesn't matter if you've got one guy on him, two guys on him. He's going to throw it up and let him go make a play. They trust him a lot. Uh, Brock Purdy's quick enough athletic enough to make you pay with his legs he doesn't you know he doesn't live in that world a whole heck of a lot but he will do it from time to time it's just a good all-around offense that you know really mixes the run and pass well they've got 
three different tight ends that they'll work in in some of those big packages where there's some really good play action stuff with Brees Hall, and they'll go to any any one of those three guys. So just, a, uh, I think, an all-around really solid yeah. offense. Solid. That's the good word. They, on both sides of the ball, appear to be a solid football team this year. Now, the other game worth keeping an eye on Saturday is out in Lubbock. Texas Tech will be hosting West Virginia. Worth keeping an eye on because the Sooners will be in Lubbock next Saturday night for a primetime game. And a new quarterback going to be slinging it out there for the Red Raiders. Henry Columbi going to get the start. This is a game that feels like a coin flip to me, Ted. Yeah, it really does. You don't know uh, really what to expect from Texas Tech. They've looked really good in flashes and looked really bad in flashes. And a lot of what we've seen from Tech is kind of familiar that you know, offensively, they're able to put up some points, but defensively, not really able to stop a whole lot of people. So that's going to be the theme for them, it looks like. You see Vasher, they'll throw it up to him and let him go make some plays. they got a couple of different guys in the running game that they'll give it to that are athletic and can, can turn, you know, just short yardage gains into explosive running plays. So offensively, it's going to be interesting. My guess is West Virginia is going to pound the rock and try and keep it out of Texas Tech's offense's hands. 4.30 kickoff, that's a weird start time. We talked a little about West Virginia earlier on, but they have had an excellent season with Letty Brown on the ground all over Morgantown, as Gus Johnson said. Uh, not how we were expecting them to get it done, but they're 3-1, and one, Teddy. No, they are. Quietly. Yeah, quietly. They're just plodding along, uh, doing some good things in the running game. Uh, defensively, you see here against Oklahoma State, they had a chance to win that football game and turnovers. That's what's kept them in some of these games. Running game, defense, they may have the, uh, you know, as far as production, maybe not, but athletically, gifted-wise, they may have the best defensive line in, in the Big 12 with the Stills brothers. All right, so some intriguing matchups, including OU at TCU. we got a long ways to go. But are the teams at the top right now going to be the teams we see in the Big 12 championship game? I'm talking Iowa State, Kansas State, Oklahoma State. Are those, are those the best teams in this conference? Or have they just had the best starts? Well, I think Iowa State is definitely going to be in the mix. I think I, I, Right now, I would put Iowa State in the Big 12 championship game. Oklahoma State, I think, has the ability, but I just haven't seen enough from them yet. Right. You know, coming out of this game against Iowa State, we'll know a whole heck of a lot more about Oklahoma State sure. to say, oh, is this team for real That's or fair. not? Um, so I'm, I, I can't say yet on Oklahoma State, and I don't trust Kansas State enough. Um, they lost their starting quarterback. You know, not having Skylar Thompson is going to be a problem for them. I don't know if offensively they've got enough to overcome it. Oklahoma State, tons of offensive weaponry. Iowa State, tons of offensive weaponry. Even Oklahoma, plenty of offensive weaponry. I just don't know that Kansas State has that ability. So right now, I would say uh, Iowa State has a chance to be there. That would be my favorite to be in the Big 12 championship game. And then next, I'd say it's between Oklahoma State and Oklahoma. All right, we'll take a timeout. We got this week's picks coming up, plus a little bit more. We got Lincoln Riley right around the corner. Stay with us. You're watching The Huddle here at Rudy's, brought to you by Bud Light. Thank you to our Cornerstone Television partners, OU Medicine, Anheuser-Busch, and the OU College of Professional and Continuing Studies, and our community partners, Landers Auto Group, Coca-Cola, and OU Medicine. 
they've got a, a type of player that they identify and go recruit and develop, um, and he knows exactly what he's looking for within a system. Everybody knows exactly what he's looking for. Um, and I think the continuity of, of obviously him being there and several members of that staff for a long time is is apparent. Um, I think he's done a good job, in my opinion, of sticking to his core principles, but he certainly has adapted to. I mean, there's some things that he's doing now defensively that I don't think he would ever even thought about doing 10 years ago. Um, so he's been kind of right on the line to, in my opinion, where you want to be. You got like core base package, fundamentals, uh, philosophy that you believe in, but not so rigid that you don't adapt as the, as the game does evolve. And he's, he's, I think found a, a great balance. And then, and then, I mean, the guy's a good coach. I mean, you just, you could tell the players are work well coached. You could tell they know, you know, where to be, what to do. And, uh, you know, that's a reflection of, of him and his staff. Interesting thoughts there from Lincoln Riley on Gary Patterson. What do you think he's talking about uh, defensively? He said he's doing things now he wouldn't have dreamed of doing 10 years ago. Oh, I think it probably has to do with some of the coverage stuff that they do. Um, you know, there, there's, a lot of, there's a lot of play these days that it's, quite frankly, way different than it was before and not what you would call sound but you have to do it to be able to defend yourself against some of the the RPO stuff, some of the quarterback run game stuff, and you have to kind of give up a few of the like the concrete principles to be a little bit more free uh, free flowing out there. I'm, I think that's probably what he's talking about because along for the longest time, a lot of you know defensive coordinators were you know very strict and regimented as to how everything had to fit schematically. And, you know, less two-gapping, more single-gap responsibility. Uh, some of the stuff in pass coverage was, was quite a bit different. But now it's, it's kind of had to change. And you've seen that with, with TCU. They've, they've given up, you know, more big plays than they used to defensively. And I think it's, you know, one of those things where they've, they've had to adapt to their front a little bit. And I think, I think for them it's more, more so showing up in the running game. Yeah. Um, you know, they were really good in the running game in years past. Defending and I think the running game. Yeah, and yeah. I think they've had to kind of loosen up some of the things that they do in order to be better, you know, on the, on the perimeter, get some of the passing stuff in quarterback run game. Let's take a look at how we did last week in the uh, picks competition. Cincinnati and Tulsa got wiped away. BYU and Houston. I had the Cougars. Well, they're both the Cougars. I had BYU. That was a winner. Texas A&M, Mississippi State. You had that one right, Ted. LSU and Florida didn't play, and we both had Alabama. So you look at the bottom there. Teddy has jumped me somehow. I feel like that's flipped. I think I, I took, was up a game last week, and I feel like I took BYU and Mississippi State. But in the end, I guess it yeah, doesn't you're right. matter. You did. Yeah, they got that backwards. Yeah. So anyway, the count it doesn't is matter. The same. It's a wash. It's a wash. So here we go. This week, uh, we'll see how many of these actually get played. Only three of those did. <laughs> right. We'll start with Cincinnati. We'll give them another try. Cincinnati, though, this week is at SMU. Who you got? Uh, th this was a tough one. I'm going to take Cincinnati. Uh, you know, SMU can really put up the numbers offensively, but they haven't stopped a whole lot of people. And that that kind of happens whenever you score a bunch. You end up giving up uh, more points on the other end. But Cincinnati's defense is just – they're nails. I mean, they are really good. They're really yep. athletic. So I'm going to go with Cincinnati. Luke Fickle's team, I'm on record as saying I think they're the best 
non-Power 5 in the country. I think they got the best shot of the non-Power 5 teams of getting in there for a New Year's Day Bowl. If I'm going to say that, i got to pick them to win. This is a tough ask. I mean, slowing down this SMU offense is not easy, but I think they'll find a way to – This win uh, would go a long ways for them. Yeah, it would. I think they'll find a way to get it done. i got Cincy as well. Notre Dame goes to Pitt this week. Notre Dame up to number three in the country. They're favored by double digits. Who you got? I'm taking Notre Dame. I don't feel good about it. They're not the third best team in the country right now. I mean, I guess somebody's got to be the third best right. team in the country. But I'm kind of shocked that Notre Dame has found themselves there. They did not look good this past week. I'll take them over Pitt, but they better get their act together. They're going to drop a game. Notre Dame is asking to get beat. They scored 12 points at home against Louisville. And I think Pitt is going to oblige them. Not a good Louisville week. team either to put up 12 no, points. No, and Pitt's not great. They're 3-3, three and three, but they always play Notre Dame tough, it seems like. They don't always beat them, but they give them a good game. This game is at Heinz Field. It's the first road game of the year for the Fighting Irish, so maybe that'll discombobulate them a little bit. I'm going to take Pitt. I think Pitt's going to pull off the upset on Saturday. The Big Ten gets underway. This weekend, you got Ohio State and Nebraska kicking off at 11 a.m. We're not picking that game, but the primetime game's a dandy. Jim Harbaugh and Michigan go take on P.J. Fleck in Minnesota in Minneapolis. Uh, opening week for Big Ten football. How weird is that? But, uh, yeah, I'm taking Minnesota in this football game. I like what P.J. Fleck has done there. And if you look at Harbaugh's record at Michigan against ranked teams, it is abysmal. It's worse against ranked teams on the road. It is not good at all. And I think Minnesota's one of those teams that maybe you take for granted just a little bit because of, you know, they've always been a pushover in the Big Ten. Well, not anymore. Not now. They're nope. a talented football team. I'm taking Minnesota. They went 11-2 and last year. Tanner Morgan to Rashad Bateman. One of the great connections in college football. You know what they play for when Minnesota and Michigan get together? The Is Little Brown the, Jug. Okay. They've got so many trophies they up do. there, I, I forget. The Little Brown Jug. I think Minnesota – I agree with you. You said Minnesota, right? Yes. I think Minnesota's taking home the Little Brown Jug this year. West Virginia and Texas Tech will finish off with a couple of Big 12 games in Lubbock. West Virginia, a slight road favorite. Who you got? I'm going to take West Virginia uh, running game and defense travels, and I think they've got both of those things right now. They're running the football well with Letty Brown, third leading rusher in the Big 12. And then defensively, you know, not fantastic, but they get turnovers and they get after the quarterback. I thought West Virginia was good, not great against Kansas. Looked a little sloppy. Uh, Henry Columbia's getting the start for Texas Tech. I think he's going to – this feels like a shootout to me. This feels like a high-scoring game. I'll take Tech at home in a coin flip. And Iowa State at Oklahoma State for first place in the Big 12. I'm taking Iowa State. Wow. I mean, I, I think they are a total football team. I think as of right now, they've got the better quarterback. I've seen nothing from Spencer Sanders yet. Now, maybe he comes out and lights the world on fire. Wasn't very good last year against the Big 12. He turned the football over more than he scored with it. So, uh, until I see differently, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to say that's still the case. Um, you know, the best running game, best runner right now, running back, uh, Brees Hall. Uh, you got Kolar and then a defense, as we've all seen, that is really, really good. I think Iowa State is the more complete football team. Could be wrong on this one. Yeah. Again, I haven't seen. There's just more evidence exactly. to show what they are. And I, th and I think that's a big factor, too. You know, Spencer Sanders, yeah, he's healthy, and they're getting him back. He's played one drive of football this year. Yeah. 
And I think having some continuity, some carryover, getting out on the field and actually playing in a year that's been difficult in training camp, I think that tends to favor Iowa State in this matchup. I think Oklahoma State's going to win the game, and you know who the difference maker's going to be? Tylen Wallace. Okay. Always been a big yeah. Tylen Wallace fan. You know this. Oh, okay. yeah. Uh, we got about a minute here. Quickly, what would you like to see OU improve on this week? Run the football. Run Better? the football. They did pretty good against Texas. Better. Yeah, I mean, they did against Texas, but it's still, I think, at the end of that game, and I know there's, you know, some accounting things in there, but under four yards of carry again. All right, so on the season, we're averaging about 3.6 yards of carry. That's the difference in closing out some of these games. Whenever we've got a lead, if we could run the football better down the stretch, and it, there's some signs that it's coming, there's yep. some signs that it's coming, I think that we'd be uh, a lot better off. TCU's had some problems in the running game. That's where we really need to make our mark. Man, it's going to be a big weekend in the Big 12. Of course, we've got that 11 a.m. kick with TCU and the Sooners. We'll be on the air with a 9 a.m. pregame show. Looking ahead to everything, not just in that game, but on the Saturday ahead for the Big 12 Conference. Everyone have a great start to your weekend. And until tomorrow, Boomer Sooner, everybody. This has been the Sooner Sports Podcast. The Sooner Sports Podcast is presented by Riverwind, home to a luxury hotel, fine dining, and never-ending rewards. Riverwind is still the one. And Allstate, don't forget to subscribe, rate, and review however you listen. The preceding has been a Learfield IMG College presentation of the Sooner Sports Network. Some people just know the best rate for you is a rate based on you with Allstate. Not one based on the driver who treats the highway like a racetrack and the shoulder like a passing lane. Why pay a rate based on anyone else? Get one based on you with DriveWise from Allstate. Not available in Alaska or California, subject to terms and conditions. Rates are determined by several factors, which vary by state. In some states, participation in DriveWise allows Allstate to use your driving data for purposes of rating. While in some states, your rate could increase with high-risk driving. Generally, safer drivers will save with DriveWise. Allstate Fire and Casualty Insurance Company and affiliates, Northbrook, Illinois.